Hey, welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. This is your host, Jim from silentjim.com. This is one of those episodes where I've got a guest, we're doing video, and if you jump over to YouTube, you can actually watch us. Although we're not going to be holding up a lot of interesting visuals or anything, but if you want to see two dudes talking about Amazon success today, hey, jump over to YouTube. Most listeners to this show just enjoy it on their favorite podcast listening app, and that's perfectly fine. But if you want to jump over, look in the show notes at silentgym.com. You'll see a link today and you can join us on YouTube. Leave a comment, interact, and hang out with our guest and ask questions, whatever. We love interacting with you. Even if you're listening to this several weeks or months after we recorded it, we encourage you, hey, jump in and participate in the conversation. So like I said, this is Silent Sales Machine Radio. My guest today is Mr. Joe Kovacs, right? There's an S on there, right? Yes. Got it. <laughs> Joe, man, it's great to have you here, buddy. And let me just fill the listeners in a little bit on what you have going on. Then I'm going to turn the microphone over to you. You talked a little bit before we hit the record button today, and you're blowing me away with it's a new income stream for Amazon sellers. A lot of us get locked in and focused in on trying to find a perfect product, trying to find that next product. And we think that's what it means to succeed on Amazon. But those of you who have been listening to this episode, the past few episodes, I'd say the past couple months, we've hit a few times now, this theme of that knowledge in your head as an Amazon seller is ridiculously valuable to product owners, to brand managers, to people out there who have a product they're trying to launch or trying to manage on the platform. They don't have time in the day to do it. They need your help. And you've built an incredible business. And I want you to tell us about it. But the last thing I'll do before I turn the mic over to you, Joe, is uh, introduce your family a little bit. You guys have number four on the way, baby number four, you and your wife, Lauren. You get to work from home and it sounds like you're loving life, man. My image of you, every time I've seen you is you're smiling, (laughs) including right now. Just a a happy guy. And aren't we blessed, man, to get to be at home with our kids, with our wife nearby. And it just never gets old. I've been doing it a little longer than you, buddy. And I can tell you, it never gets old, man. My oldest is 22. Your oldest is, what, four? (laughs) Four. (laughs) It never gets old, buddy. So enjoy the ride. But Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you got going on, man. Yeah. So, I mean, we got started with Amazon, I think back in 2015, January of that year. And um, at the time I was teaching full-time as a high school teacher and uh, we were just looking for an extra thousand bucks, honestly, you know, just started the learning process that first year and trying to wrap our head around all the kind of wealth of information. And I think that's when we kind of first ran into a proven Amazon course and, and your group and, you know, I think year two, we, we started to take that kind of more seriously and say, all right, we're getting the extra thousand dollars a month doing some retail arbitrage, online arbitrage. What if we took this a little more seriously and found some new ways of doing it more efficient? And uh, I really started to grow and we replaced my teaching income and then like doubled my teaching income just from arbitrage. And, and it was, um, I think an eye opener for us, like, wow, we knew we could make some money online, but this is, this is actually real money. And, and yet at the same time, there was risk associated. We, we went out and said, okay, um, you know, we've done this consistently the last six months. We've got some savings in place and we had baby number two at that time. And I, and I said, well, what if I didn't go back to teaching? What if I just did this uh, full time? And, um, I think at first my wife thought I was a little crazy, but uh, she got behind the idea. And um, within a month of um, baby number two coming down the pipe, we got our account suspended. 
And uh, I was like, oh no, <laughs> what's plan B? I don't have a, I don't, you know, we knew there was some risk associated with how we were doing it, but we figured, hey, we've got at least a little more time to move on to some other ways, you know, wholesale or private label or something to kind of spread those out. And in fact, we didn't have a lot of extra time. So it kind of brought us back to the drawing board. And that's, I think we started diving into some of the PPI and proven uh, product partnering courses from your group to just say, okay, what could it look like to do this a little bit differently? And it really got us thinking about, uh, you know, our business model as a reseller, where in some ways we, we were, you know, we were starting to catch flat, you know, these brands didn't want us to be there necessarily. And so just realizing maybe we're lining up on the wrong side of this equation, where instead of being a trusted partner or a valued partner, we're kind of seen by brands as, you know, kind of siphoning off their value for some margin. We're kind of seen as a uh, something to get rid of as just purely another reseller. And so it just got us thinking about, okay, how could we become more valuable to brands? How could we uh, become more of a help, a trusted partner? Instead of fighting against them, we're, we're working with them. And let me just commend you too, because you you kind of breezed through a part of the story there where I've seen a lot of people kind of get discouraged and throw in the towel at the point where the game shifts a little bit. Some people just like, ah, <laughs> I'm done with this. What's next? Yeah. You know, but you did a great job of sticking with it. And to the credit of this community, that's kind of what we've been doing for 17 years now. <laughs> you know, go back in time. You weren't a part of our community at the time, but there was a time where there were a lot of people in our community. eBay was it. Right. That's how they were feeding their family, paying their mortgage. And it was eBay was awesome. And we went to eBay live events and it was eBay, eBay, eBay. And then all of a sudden, sales on eBay started dipping. And it was like, what's going on? Where are the customers? The game's changing. I'm out. I'm back to the career world. I'm done with this. I can't handle it. Well, all that was happening was people were starting to shop on Amazon. Right. So we said, oh, let's figure that game out. Right. So as the game shifts, the opportunity is moving at all times. You got to be willing to learn, to change, to adapt. So kudos to you. And I do want to say to everyone who's out there thinking at this point, you know, just as a little disclaimer, maybe we fully believe in the RA, the retail online arbitrage models. Those are great models, but you've heard us say it. If you heard us say it once, you heard us say it dozens of times. Don't build your entire kingdom on that one account with that one approach. Now, some people have done it and they're doing great. I mean, we've got people in our community, Joe, that have million dollar businesses on that model and they fought off an occasional IP complaint. And if they got suspended for a couple of days, they came back a few days later and that's the game and they're, they're comfortable there. But I'm saying you don't have to live with that uncertainty because there's other opportunities like what you're going to talk about that's right under your nose. Mix these other strategies in, get that true multiple income stream approach going, which is what my book is all about, multiple income streams. So you're not putting your future in the hands of some random 25-year-old at some <laughs> internet giant that can just like click a button and all of a sudden your income goes from great to like, okay, what happened? Yep. You, know, you want to have these multiple streams. So that's kind of the foundation here of, hey, we, we love everything you were doing and you could still go back and make a lot of money doing it right now if you wanted to. You've got your account back. Yep. But you guys chose to diversify. And that's what we're going to talk about today is this is something anyone else could be doing if they want. You've got 
couple dozen accounts at this point. And, and tell us what you're doing. Tell us, you said you started looking in from the brand owner's vantage point at Amazon. Yeah. So, hey, like, you know, let's partner with those guys instead of kind of battling them when they go, oh, wait, we don't want you selling our stuff on Amazon anymore. How did you make that transition? <laughs> you know, and, and I think to step back a second, you know, there was a month in there where I just, uh, you know, I had to just get away from it all really and, and press the reset sure. button. And, uh, you know, cause I didn't have a plan B at the time. So, uh, you know, I think it's easy to look back and kind of forget those hard moments, but it was, I think part of our journey. And, you know, I think our faith helped us through that as well, you know, to say, okay, God, what do you have next? Yeah, absolutely. Man, that, that's the journey of an entrepreneur. You've seen that graph. It's like, yeah. yes, I'm doing great. <laughs> exactly. And then like, why did I ever quit my teaching job? And then you're like, holy cow, best month ever. Then you're like, sales are way off this month. What are we going to do? Do we need to change everything? But you look back over that six month of that two year trend and you see, wow, we're doing something cool here. You know, that trend line is continuing up here. That, and that's, that's been your story. That, and I think that's why community is so important too. Your faith is huge. Your support of your spouse is huge. What comes next if you've got those things? Man, a community that you can lean on. Like, hey guys, here's, here's my situation. What are some creative solutions? And you guys latched onto those and ran with it. And you become leaders. I think there's a lot that we can learn from you that we don't even know ourselves yet because you've really dove deep into this arena. So I'm excited about this topic, man. And so I think PPI and, and product partnering, that kind of got us started down the road of saying, okay, what, what's valuable to brand owners? What, how do we understand you know, how does Amazon really function and tick? Not just can I get some margin somewhere? You know, I think that's a great, like you're saying, a great place to start. But don't stay there, right? Understand how the machine works. Let's start tinkering around with it. You know, how do I do ads on Amazon? How do I do ads on Facebook, potentially? We dived into all of that as we were going, okay, how could we become, you know, do account management on Amazon? Let's shift this a little bit more to consulting dollars rather than just purely product dollars. Because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, and you guys say multiple times, well, what if I have access to 10 accounts? Right. You know, that experience of having an account shut off just made us think a little bit differently. And so how can we spread the risk? I don't have to move on from Amazon. Let's just leverage it a different way. What if we managed, you know, multiple accounts or were involved with multiple accounts? And, and so we did, uh, you know, go down that path of, of helping brands. And we had several brands where we were managing the back end of their account, bringing their products to Amazon for a commission. And, uh, you know, at times it was fees plus commission. And, and I think that helped us continue to evolve. You know, I think you say, or just the, the process of PPI is where's their opportunity, right? Like let's test, let's see where this opportunity. And I think for us, like that continued to evolve. It started with that model and continued to evolve. It, it helped us actually say, how can I invest to build a real business presence? You know, do some, you know, put in some time to actually put, build a logo and a brand, you know, like as a consulting service, you know, not just a Joe Kovacs consulting, but, uh, you know, we built uh, our company's name BrandGuard. And, um, you know, one of the things, I guess, that early trend we saw coming was Amazon is starting to give brands a little bit more leverage to control their presence on Amazon. It's not as much the Wild West as it was, say, three, four years ago where brands had no say. And, and so, you know, that kind of got us down to there's probably some areas of brand protection 
that are important to brands. And, and so, you know, we heard a good talk that basically said, look, brands, you know, to start thinking like the brand, you know, what are they concerned about? They're not the enemy, right? Like most of them have, they've got all the product, they've got the IP, they've got the trademarks, right? So instead of being there kind of fighting against them as maybe an unwanted reseller, how could we help them with things like price erosion, you know, which is something a lot of brands face on Amazon when they get, and we see this, this question pop up a lot in the Facebook group. You know, I tried to get an Amazon account with this brand and they say they don't want any Amazon sellers, right? Well, well, why, you know, think about it from their perspective, not just yours. It's not just a $500 product sale. It's, you plus 25 other sellers all competing for the buy box has a tendency to drop the price, which for most of these brands, especially the larger ones, Amazon is not the major channel for them. They're still majorly into retail. And so, you know, if the price is dropping on Amazon, we talk with brands, Target won't carry their product anymore because the price is too low on Amazon. And so, you know, price, how their brand is represented from a content perspective, you know, how many third-party sellers have just taken a quick picture and thrown up a listing of a brand, you know? Right, and price it wherever they want to. Let me make a, a few observations as I'm listening you go through this, Joe. One of them is the opportunity, let, let's shape the, and I don't think I've ever stated it this way, but as I was listening to you, it kind of started to shape out in my mind that maybe a new way to describe this opportunity is, and if you've been to ASD or a big trade show where there's a lot of different products being sold by a lot of different vendors, you'll hear this theme of brands don't like Amazon. They don't like Amazon sellers. I mean, that's the tide that's kind of shifting a little bit. It used to be anyone and everyone, hey, get down there, sell a bunch of stuff. And now it's like, ah, our brand doesn't really like Amazon anymore. Well, why not? And if you can go through that list of concern, well, our price kind of gets tanked. You know, we've got 30 sellers on Amazon and they're beating the crud out of each other and dropping our price. And now when we call Target or Walmart and we say, hey, time for the reorder, like, wait, your price is too low on Amazon. We don't want your stuff anymore. Like, what are those pain points? If you can address those pain points and turn Amazon from being an ugly thing into being a beautiful thing, an exclusive arrangement, help them get their own account, et cetera. These aren't complex problems to solve. You can start to get their attention. And just to, to paint a picture, as well, I want to do a couple little housekeeping here. First, we've talked PPI and PPP. You've dropped a couple acronyms. I want to tell people what those are. Those are modules inside the Proven Amazon course. They teach you how to dive into keywords on Amazon. So you're using the best keywords to sell products. PPP is, hey, why not go out and partner with other, have multiple Amazon accounts by partnering with brand owners, just like what Joe's talking about. The PPP course dives deep into that topic and gets you set up. So you can have your own Amazon account and be managing a bunch of other Amazon accounts and suspension worries or a thing of the past. But to get back to the point I was making, if you can solve the problems that could you, because these brands know in the back of their mind, they've got like on one, on one shoulder, they've got, you know, this voice that's saying, hey, Amazon is a terrible place because we've put our stuff out there, the price tanks, we've got to deal with all of these issues, the, the IP infringement, and I don't want to mess with it. I wish I could just make it go away. And on the other shoulder, they've got reality saying, if we want exposure to this massive online audience, we've got to be on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And they've got this tug of war going and they don't know what to do. Yep. And you step in, here comes Joe. And I love the name of your company, by the way. And I think a lot of people can copy the concept. 
because it's very descriptive and say, hey, let us help you manage your brand on Amazon. We can help you with it. None of those problems that you just described are complex. We've already helped. And I would encourage people to use this exact language. I'm in a community where we've helped thousands of brands mm-hmm. manage themselves effectively on Amazon. Do you want to hear some ideas? No. Because I've got some ideas on how you could manage your brand and, and lose all those negatives and get a list of positive for Rockin. So is that fair? Take the ball and run with it, Joe. No, I think that's, that's great. Uh, always good to, uh, you know, we can throw out acronyms and we're all used to them and, and other people aren't. So, and I think, you know, that's how, how do you launch a consulting business when you never, you know, how do you get your first client? You know, those are questions that we are, you know, problems we had to work through. And I think one of the things that we found was, you know, if you can point to a process, if you can, you sell a process, not just I'm the expert, right? And so if you can outline a process of how you're going to take them from A to B or A to Z, you know, hammer that home and that can help give them confidence and you confidence that you know what you're doing. And, you know, I still say we're two years into this consulting model and I still feel like, you know, we're constantly flying the plane as we're building it, right? Like nobody, as, as much as there's helpful resources out there, Amazon's constantly changing, uh, you know, different issues come up. And so you're always having to uh, be a consistent learner and stay on top of things. And, and the good news is most of these brands, even the big ones, they, they might have one or two Amazon people, maybe, you know, they don't have a whole team dedicated to it, right? And most of them, they've got a business model that they are used to. You know, the e-commerce world is not something they're great at. Amazon especially so, because as much as it does change, they have a hard time staying on the top of it, especially because they've got a bunch of other things to worry about. So it's almost like a necessary evil. Yes. In a way. <laughs> you know, we're almost playing the role of the accountants that help you do your taxes. <laughs> sounds boring. It's nowhere near as boring as that. Sure. But every business out there, you have to do taxes. Right. Like it or not, every brand out there is going to be on Amazon eventually. Who can help me with this? I'm overwhelmed. I don't want to pay my taxes. I don't want to fill out all those forms. I don't want to do all that number. So you get an accountant in there. It's like, hey, let me help you minimize the pain. Let's get through this. Except in our case, we're not like accountants where you write them a check and then you spend a bunch of money. We're the guys helping you make money. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming in, yeah. removing a pain point and helping you make more money. So let us help you deal with that necessary evil. And, and we're not talking just small brands here. You guys just signed a Fortune 500 company, right? I mean, yeah. every brand out there needs help. They're struggling with this and we're positioned better than anyone. The people in this community, the listeners to this podcast, the students of the Proven Amazon course, we're positioned better than anyone to be the, the guides. We're like the Daniel Boones carving through the wilderness into this new land for these businesses, man. I mean, we're the ones that are equipped to do it. As little as we know about what, what's around the next corner, we know so much more yeah. than people following us. Sure. They're just completely confused by the process. I'm sure you've seen that too. You'd have stories. Uh, I'd love to hear what, what ideas come to mind as I make those, those observations. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, along those lines that a lot of brands that we talk to, right, they've got kind of, I would say love-hate relationship, but sometimes it's kind of hate-hate relationship. They're selling to Amazon directly. And I mean, more and more Amazon is pushing those brands out of 1P. They don't want the risk of carrying that product, right, of buying it wholesale. Amazon saying, we don't really like that model except for the biggest brands. And so I think there is going to be an increasingly 
larger opportunity coming down the pipe where a lot of these brands that have, you know, and now we've seen the threshold thrown around, like if they do $10 million or less, right? We think of $10 million as a pretty big account, right? Well, Amazon goes, that's, a, that's kind of a tiny count to us. So we don't want to carry products for brands. And so I think we can look in the next six months to 12 months, a lot of these brands that were relying on selling directly to Amazon, even ones happen that do a pretty good volume, we would consider great volume, right? If you're getting some kind of percentage, they're going to be looking for help. Right. Because in the past, they haven't had an Amazon. They haven't had to go set up their own Amazon account. Yet. Right. Amazon has sent a letter to a lot of these guys saying, hey, you know what? We're kind of done buying your stuff, selling it on our platform. Uh, you're going to have to set up your own account now if you want to keep selling here. And I'm just restating what you just said, Joe. And we had a podcast episode here not too long ago. It was you know the chaos that Amazon created with that announcement of, and Jeff Bezos himself said in their last statement here just a few weeks ago to investors, he said, the third party marketplace is so much better at selling on our platform than we are. <laughs> We're kind of going to move away from that. They're done buying a thousand widgets and putting them on a shelf. They're going to let resellers take that. So opportunity everywhere, everywhere. The third party sellers, hey, there's brands out there that are scrambling, looking for help. You can go in and represent them. You can help them out. Even, but even the big brands, the 10 million a year and up brand, they don't know what they're doing on the Amazon platform either. They're all confused. <laughs> I would say, you know, like ASD is a great sample. I've told this story a couple of times now, but our coaching director, Nathan, he went booth to booth. I think he, he said something like he talked to 25 different booths in, in a few hours. And every one of them, after a very short conversation, said, yes, will you please help us with Amazon? We're ready. What, what do you want to do? What comes next? Help us. So it's, it's not a business where you're going to be searching for people who need your help as much as you're going to be sifting through the ones and only working with the ones that you can actually help and make some money with. The yeah. good product. That's how desperate a lot of these brands are once you get into it. Have you experienced that feeling of this? Have you turned any clients down yet? Yeah, I think increasingly so. You know, and, and when you're first getting started, you kind of take anything you can just to, to get the ball rolling. But, you know, I think as, as we worked with more people, we've learned, okay, these are the types of clients that we want, <laughs> you know, and, and you're able to say no a little bit more, you know, you know who you should say no to. You know, it's, it's interesting because sometimes it's like they love the commission only structure when you're doing all the work to get them there and they're not making any money. But if you actually, uh, you know, hit a home run, they're like, wait, why am I paying you so much money? You know, so it's like uh, you got to kind of manage that uh, expectations a bit in terms of how you get paid. And But I think what we're seeing now is, you know, more and more brands, you know, I'll be honest, for us, we, after playing in that world of, of like constantly keeping up the market trends, my question was, how can we move to a business model where the process stays largely the same? And it's, it's not changing every two months. And, and so, you know, we did kind of specialize a little more. And I know you talk a lot about specialization, but we've specialized a little bit more from just general account management and general marketing help on Amazon, which is, again, still a huge need, still tons of opportunity. But for us, we said, there's a specific need where companies are, are struggling with a counterfeiters and or B, you know, people like I used to be, if I'm being honest, you know, just a, another reseller that's not adding a ton of value, you know, can reselling add value in and of itself? Yes, I think as a model, it does, you know, I totally think it, it can. But for these companies, you know, specifically where they've got 30, 50 
80, I've seen 175 sellers on one listing. It's like, how much value are they really adding to the brand? Mm -hmm. And the reality is not much. And and so for our, our business model has evolved a little more to helping those brands understand how to handle or how to address the issue of unwanted resellers, you know? So that's where, you know, I think we've kind of been on every side of this and morphed a little bit to say, how do we become even more valuable to handling the problems that brands have? And I think a lot of resellers, you know, I know I wouldn't have been excited to hear about somebody talk about, you know, they're going to help kick people off like me, but the ways we're doing it is I think, uh, you know, it's it's better in a couple ways. One, we're not filing a bunch of false IP claims through Amazon, right? So there was a wave of that, and I think it still happens where people are just going in the back end and making basically counterfeit claims against people with legitimate inventory. I don't agree with that. I think it, you know, it does a lot of damage unnecessarily, but it it just speaks to how desperate some of these brands are to solve that problem. Yeah, and there's legal precedent where that's actually unnecessary exposure for the brand. Mm -hmm. There's been successful cases now settled. There's a lawyer that we had on our show. It's been over a year or so ago, but he was talking about, now this was a case where one seller was accusing another seller of IP infringement, right? but it was a huge settlement that the falsely accused ended up getting, took it to court. Same thing with the brand owner. If you're falsely accusing somebody of having counterfeit product and they don't really have counterfeit product, you could find yourself in a lawsuit that you don't want to be on the wrong end of. Yep. So yeah, that strategy I think is going to fade away. And these false IP claims, everyone knows it's legitimate inventory. I mean, come on, it's a modem, guys. I'm not going to make a fake modem in my garage. I ordered it from your website. You know, I bought it at Walmart. I bought it at Target. You know, this isn't fake product. This isn't counterfeit. But you're accusing me of IP infringement internet intellectual property infringement. It's your product. It's your, it's shrink wrapped, you know? So I think that's going to fade away. That's just my theory, my feeling. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you sell products enough, long enough on Amazon, you're going to have an IP complaint. You're going to call them up, resolve it. 95% of the time, guys, I feel like this is a good time to insert this, Joe. 95% of the suspensions on Amazon. And I talked to the guy in the department that does suspensions to confirm this number. 95% are restored within very short order it's the 5% of the bad actors that are permanently removed. And there's only one exception in my history in the last 10 years. Mm. There's one case where I'm like, man, that guy got permanently suspended and we just scratched our heads. Like, why didn't that ever get worked out? Mm. One, one in our community. Everyone else eventually, like you, came back. So I don't want to spend our time scaring everybody away from the models that still work well. But, this new stream is intriguing to me. And I love that you're saying, hey, let us help you protect your brand. And let me just throw this at you too. Um, let's see how this resonates with you, Joe, and with the listeners too. You mentioned there's brands out there where there's 125 sellers on one listing. Don't run away from that product. Call them. Say, hey, I noticed there's 125 sellers. I want to have a conversation with these guys. You've got 100 plus sellers. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Would it be better for you if there was only one seller? Or maybe you were the only seller. Would that be helpful to you, Mr. Brand Owner? You know, be the one that picks up the phone instead of the one that drops the price and tries to get the buy box. Yep. And I think, it, again, it's all about a mindset shift to say, how can we become more valuable? How can we solve the problem? What are the problems? 
you know, it involves asking questions and listening. And then, you know, how can we help you solve them? And so, you know, I think especially why do so many of these brands say they don't want any Amazon sellers is because they're just, they're used to people getting their product and just throwing it up there without adding a lot of value. And so when you can come in and add value by helping them improve what their content looks like, helping them improve, you know, keyword ranking and, you know, all those things that that is a value in itself that a lot of just typical resellers are not adding to the brand. And so I think understanding, you know, taking time to go through courses that you guys have and teach and, and understand how does this whole thing work and function so that you can be more uh, of a help. You know, there's brands of all sizes, you know, you're not, uh, we didn't start with a fortune 500 company. We started with, you know, we started with honestly some international brands that wanted to come across the pond, you know, and sell on Amazon US. Uh, LinkedIn was a great place for us to get started by just saying, you know, we're a legitimate face. One, I mean, I'm giving away a huge tip, not that it's super secret, but, you know, if you want to, I can communicate directly with a VP of a big company through LinkedIn. How else are you going to be able to do that, right? So, if you're looking for a place to get started, set up a nice profile on LinkedIn, give yourself a real company name, you know, put a little effort into it. And that's a great way to, to get started and just start making, building relationships. You know, I connected with the guy, we had a, a little bit of messaging back and forth and he connected us with our first brand on LinkedIn. Uh, and that's how we started doing it. So you had to get started somewhere and, um, and that's where we did it. But I, I would say now for us, we're helping solve a very specific problem and that's helped us open doors for us because now people know BrandGuard helps people solve problems with unauthorized resellers. Beautiful. Let's do a little, uh, let's run through a scenario here. Yep. First, I'd like you to kind of tell me what's your perfect product. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to give me like the exact product and don't give away any of your clients or anything, but Kind of describe what are the parameters for you like, oh, now that's a company we can help. We can make some money together on these guys. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you looking for? And then part two of that question is, once you identify that perfect client for you guys, this isn't the perfect client for everybody. This is what you guys are looking. You've got 20, a couple dozen plus clients at this point, right? Yep. They've got to start to kind of feel similar in some way. Like, well, how are you guys specializing? Once you've identified, hey, that's a good client. What's your basic pitch? If you had 30 seconds with the brand owner, the decision maker, and you're going to make your best case, take Mm -hmm. a stab at it for us. You can take a little longer if you want, but you get the gist of my question. Sure. I think for our business, we're not doing marketing help anymore. Uh, You know, we are focused specifically on brand protection. So it's any brand that either they want to make the most of the Amazon channel or Amazon is hurting their other channels. And they have a significant problem with a bunch, you know, tons of resellers that they don't know who they are. They don't know where they're getting the product from. And they've tried going through Amazon. Amazon can't help. And they need help solving that problem of being able to communicate directly with those sellers. We have the ability to help them, one, build a legal foundation for what they do, because there is a legal foundation for enforcement. And then being able to investigate and communicate directly with sellers to amicably solve the problem. Not a bunch of back-end gobbledygook where we, we got to try to get their accounts shut down. No, talk to the sellers directly 
you know, a lot of times that might uh, wind up in there is some authorized sellers or you're saying, please bring your product down. We're giving them a chance to, to work it out with the brand rather than just try to shut them off. So, right. In many, I learned recently, you know, a lot of these brands, they don't even have map pricing yet. It could be that's like minimum advertised pricing agreements for resellers. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it sounds like you guys could add a very valuable module onto some of the content that we already have because a lot of our PPP strategies, which are blowing up, by the way, we've got so many people in our community using this, you know, reach out to brand owners, have a conversation, no matter what stumbling blocks you run into, we've got the resources to help you. But mm-hmm. when you start drifting into that legal brand protection arena, that's a unique niche you guys have carved out. I can't say we've got a whole lot of content there. So maybe there's an opportunity for us to get some, some content from you to enhance our already robust set of <laughs> offerings that sure. we can kind of help educate you into uh, as, as a seller. Tell me some more specific stories. You get as specific as you can. Like how have you helped some brands and, and fill me in on some details? So for us, you know, it's what, again, how do you build credibility when you don't have any? And, you know, a lot of the people, that's an objection for getting started in this. Nobody, they're not going to want to work with me. What, what am I going to point to, right? So, you know, one of the ways that we did that is uh, we identified, again, there's a lot of marketing companies, Amazon marketing companies that they stand to benefit from us helping their clients with this problem, right? Because they are on a commission structure. And so we've partnered with um, probably close to 20 different Amazon specific marketing agencies. And, you know, instead of us going to all the brands directly, these guys already have relationships with 20, 50, 70, even, I mean, bigger and bigger, you know, different agencies that already have clients. And so we just landed our first Fortune 500 company and we've been in business, I mean, really doing this for the last two years. But that was an introduction from another, you know, another agency, really. There's just so many branch off opportunities. I love episodes of this podcast where it kind of makes me feel like we've expanded the size of the ocean in people's minds. <laughs> right. Just, you know, the blue ocean concept. Instead of swimming in this little pond and focusing on doing what you did yesterday, realize you're part of this massive ecosystem of opportunities. Little mindset shift, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll throw it out there. If you have a client or you have a brand that you want to pitch and you see they have this problem, Part of the pitch is we can help you solve that problem and do your marketing, right? Like some people don't want to hear marketing because all their marketing dollars would be wasted on the tons of resellers they have. And so we can help partner with people that want to partner with brands to be able to provide those types of brand protection services, cleanup services. And then that opens the door for, you know, our marketing partners to then go do what they do, right? Help them with the content, help them with ads, help them with keyword ranking. So we're, we're saying we don't solve those problems. We're not going to solve every problem they have. Instead of being a generalist, we want to be a specialist. And that's opened the door for us to work with a lot of people that then want to provide those marketing services. So, you know, if you had a brand in mind, a listener had a brand in mind, they wanted a pitch, but they're not sure, you know, we could be a value add, you know, we're willing to, to work with other partners like that. Absolutely. Those kind of organic partnerships, three-way wins, as you just said, brilliant. Yeah. You don't have to be that. That's the beauty of being a part of this community is you now have a connection with 
someone who knows, you know, leverage this community. I'm talking to the listeners now, leverage this community. You now have someone in your pocket that you can call and say, hey, got an opportunity here. Create a three-way win, right? Client wins, you both win. You give Joe a call and say, hey, how about you and Lauren handle this, you know, the legal side of these guys there, you know, they've got some questions. Let's get on a three-way call and have a conversation. Have those all the time. Right? You guys are looking for more clients. You don't have to go learn all this stuff on your own. You can pass these. And that happens in our community all the time. People get in over their head. We've had people call us and say, wow, I've got this huge opportunity. I don't have the money, the time, the connections, whatever. Could I do an introductory call and a finder's fee? Sure. We love those kind of things, right? So we all have our specializations, but that's the beauty of being a part of this community. And that's why people need to attend our live events too, to build those kind of relationships. That's yeah. what comes of this. Yeah. It, these kind of connections where, you know, they don't know who Joe is, but now everyone listening to this podcast knows who Joe is and yeah. knows what kind of services we can provide. One phone call away, right? Look him up. He's in our Facebook group. Everybody on this program that we interview, they're in our Facebook group. Get in our group, make some connections, build some relationships. What other tips do you have uh, for the folks that are listening, buddy, I mean, because you've seen, you were a teacher looking to make an extra thousand bucks a month. Yep. Less than two and a half years ago. I mean, that was, <laughs> right? Well, no, it's been a little longer than that. But yeah. what would you say, 2015? Yeah, about so four about four years now. Yeah. And now you're here and you've, you've got a very high revenue, very profitable. I don't know how, what numbers you're willing to share, but you make a lot higher profit margins providing services than you do selling products, right? That's another beauty of this. It's, all, it's almost all margin, man. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, we do, we do have a bigger team, <laughs> but you know, it is, it is nice not have to, uh, you know, it's been a journey. You know, I won't, I won't say it's always been easy, you know, but getting that first six months, eight months where you're just trying to get off the ground. And, it, you know, if you've got a product business, that's a great time to move into a consulting side business, you know, where you don't need that income, but it, you have time to build a reputation. You have time to build uh, test cases and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of the best time to look for a job well, is yeah. when you have one. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> the best time to be looking for other streams of income is when you're rocking it with retail arbitrage. Yep. Right. That's the best time to be building, you know, to, you know, building your storm drain system is before it rains. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what you ought to do, Joe, too, that just, uh, I don't know if you've had this thought or not. You probably have because you're a super smart dude, but you need to write a book, man. That, that would be your business <laughs> card. Share some of these stories and, yep. and, uh, you know, we'd promote it and just to, this is how it would work. You'd set us up a little special website. We'd refer people to you. We'd get a little cut. You'd provide the services. Brands would see the credibility. It would just be this, you know, this thing could mushroom into <laughs> vocational opportunities for, for our community, yeah. more clients for you, handpicked client. The credibility of being the guy who has a book on this topic would be huge, man. So that, that's a good next step for you as you look to, you know, 10X this whole concept. Well, uh, I'll put that on my, uh, my, my next quarter's goal. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can help you with that, man. Servicepublishing.com for the listeners and for you, Joe, S E R V U S publishing.com. Greg Perry, he'll write the book for you. We'll write the book for you. <laughs> there Greg's you go. on our team, man. That's what he does. <laughs> that dude can crank books out like nobody. Uh, learn your story and crank out a good book for you. Make it your business card, man. But that's awesome. This has been awesome hanging out with you. For sure, man. I've, you know, super thankful for this. I think, uh, you know, in the early days, right? Like just helping convert people to entrepreneur lifestyle, right? Like, 
and entrepreneurial mindsets. I think it's a tough journey doing it all by yourself. And, and I'm thankful that we've, you know, uh, there'd be times during the, uh, the tough seasons where it wasn't going well, we'd pop in the podcast, you know, and, and use that as a source of encouragement. So, you know, I, I super thankful that we had the community to lean on and everybody wants to tell the story when it, it feels like a success. Nobody wants to tell the story when you're in the middle of struggling. Right. But you know, that's yeah. oftentimes when you need to raise your hand and just say, man, can I, can you guys provide some encouragement? I'm feeling a little down right now, you know? And so. We welcome, absolutely. We welcome that. Some people have said, you know, on that point, Joe, some people have said, it's like, Hey, the only people you have on your, your podcast are success stories. Like, well, you don't have to look far at all to find people who are failing miserably. I, mean, I, could, <laughs> I could walk downtown Indianapolis right now and, and find somebody who's laying on the street and wake them up and like, what do you do in your life to get yourself to this point? Help encourage entrepreneurs listening to my show with your advice. I mean, we all know it's easy to mess your life up. It's easy. <laughs> Any of us could do it in about two decisions. Yeah, <laughs> but building right. something significant and building a success, that's a warrior's journey. And man, it's never easy. Yeah. But I love those stories. But if you're at a place where you're kind of paying the price for some bad decisions, talking to the listeners now, and you're in a rough spot or this hasn't gone the way you were hoping, well, that's why we have our community. That's what our Facebook group is. That's why we have our stick a pin in the map program where you can find a whole map of the globe, go in, stick a pin near where you live and see who lives near you and get together face to face and have conversations, build relationships. Say, man, I'm, I'm struggling with it. And you'll find people who are struggling more than you and people who have overcome more than you did and they're building credible businesses. And you'll put, start to put this into perspective and you start to think, man, I could do this. So that's why we stay positive on this podcast because it's impossible for us to interact. You know, this is a one-to-many communication. But if you want to get in there and build relationships, man, get into our community, get into the Facebook group. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Joe, because this is a place to come to be encouraged by design. You're never going to pop in an episode of our podcast and leave thinking, I'm throwing in the towel. There's nothing to this <laughs> real journey. There's no opportunity on the internet. It's right. over a game. Over. No, we're going to tell you the success stories, the achievers, the overcomers, the people with fewer opportunities than you have who are doing incredibly big things. So you'll think to yourself, they can do it. I can do it. That's what I want to leave people thinking. And I think you've done that today, Joe. Uh, I appreciate you, man. I mean, you went from teaching to running a really nice, very profitable. You've got a team consulting agency that's set to just explode. Everything you've done so far is just laying foundation. You know, it's paid the bills. Yep. You're home with your family. We brought dad home. Life <laughs> is happy, loving the lifestyle. It's all foundation, man. You start putting some infrastructure on this thing you guys have built, and I'm going to be coming on your podcast. Uh, saying, hey, you remember me, right, buddy? I will. I will. <laughs> now here I am, man. I wanted to, to give a, a shout out to say, look, you know, let's let's be honest about where where some of the success has come from, you know, and say thank you, like to, for. Of course, you know, you guys do what you do, and you don't always hear the stories, but I wanted to come back and share one, so. Man, I really appreciate that. Thanks for coming back around. And I want to get an update here six months, a year or so. Come back on. Let us know where you're at. You're going to be just, you're set to just grow, man. If you're a stock, I'm buying, buddy. Uh, I'm, I'm more excited about the next 12 months than the last 12. So Beautiful. Well, keep us in the loop. If there's anything we can do to, to help you continue to grow on that journey, man. And uh, hey, to everybody who hung out and listened to Joe and I and, and talked through this, hopefully you're encouraged. I know I'm feeling more encouraged than I was when, we, when the show started. So hopefully the listeners are too. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. Opened up a whole new 
realm of opportunities and ideas in my head. So hopefully the listeners have the same thing going on with them, but be encouraged. And Joe, to you and Lauren and your beautiful family of soon to be six. <laughs> Ready <laughs> or not. You guys, man. We, we cut it off. We're, we're a family of seven. So, you know, you got one more to go. I hear you. <laughs> but God bless you guys. And God bless all the listeners here who've spent some time with us today. We love doing this. And hey, if you don't mind, jump over to your favorite podcast listening app. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Send us an email. If there's someone you think would make a great guest, let us know. If there's content that you feel, feel like is missing, hey, let us know. We love that feedback. It helps shape out the show. This is your show, listener. If you're a business building warrior, this is your show. So let us know what you need, how we can serve you. And you know we'll do another great episode for you again real soon. Thanks for your time today, Joe. Listeners, talk to you soon. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.